Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and myself begin our discussion on the first petition of the Lord's Prayer. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bow, and I'm here today with my acquaintances. Pastor Jason Goodham. Wow, we got demoted. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, know, I think it's truth in uh, broadcasting laws. Uh, no, we I guess. finally have the real perspective on oh, things. Oh, no. And I'm Pastor Brian Rickey. I guess I'm a, a frenemy now. Of, no. Of, of you guys are my friends. BFFs. Yes. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I do feel, though, we should start singing, let it snow, let it snow, yeah. let it snow. Yes, the good news is Aslan is on the move in the White Witch <laughs> will be defeated at some point in time, but we are still in the eternal winter right now. I just saw a couple polar bears pulling a sleigh <laughs> go down the road, some kid eating Turkish delight. Uh, I should have some Alaskan huskies in it. Yeah, there we go. Dog, did you dog sled up here dog, from the uh, south pretty, of the river? Pretty much, yeah, right. Yep. Yeah, we as we're recording this, we had two inches of snow yesterday, mm-hmm. another four to six in the Twin Cities today. And it, going from this to frigid cold, at least for this time of year, uh, later in the week. But it's baseball season. Yeah, 20 but, degree high and Twins opener is just a couple of days yeah, away. Right. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. You wonder if that lion lamb thing about March is true because, you know, the beginning of March was really nice and now it's like oh, crazy mm-hmm. going out. So Yeah, I don't, I don't think March is going out like a lion anymore. It's more like going out like a rabid wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about Yankee Stadium too. Like yeah. How, yeah, Yankee Stadium. It's everywhere. This weird yeah, weather. Right. I mean, they canceled... Uh, games in the Northeast because of a snowstorm, mm-hmm. and it's. It, I take pride in that because for whatever reason, when when games are canceled here in Minnesota, it says like, "Oh ha ha, outdoor baseball in Minnesota." No, well, guess what? The Yankees had mm-hmm. a game canceled for snow before the Twins did. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, I'm starting to get depressed. Let's talk about yeah. The let's, let's let's get into let's some talk about good prayer. Maybe offer up some prayers for better right. weather. That's a good segue into our, our topic hey, today. Yeah, Elijah um, once yeah. prayed and it didn't rain for hey, who knows how long. Maybe we can go. pray and it won't snow. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, we'll see about Descriptive, that. Descriptive, not prescriptive. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, we are talking about the Lord's Prayer today, and uh, Jason, what are, what's the scope of today's podcast? Well, we're going to be introducing the Lord's Prayer. We'll be talking about prayer in general for a little bit today, and then going into the content of the first petition. Mm-hmm. One of the things that's so surprising to me, especially in light of the Reformation, all that Luther was going through, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, the Augsburg Confession and the Apology spend a great deal of time on praying to the saints and things like that. Um, in, in Luther's most basic writing here, introducing mm-hmm. the basics of the faith in the small catechism and the large catechism, he doesn't spend a lot of time introducing prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just jumps right into it. And maybe it's for the best because there's yeah. no better way to think about praying than the prayer that we are taught to pray. Mm-hmm. It's just so interesting, especially today in the American church, I think we've really fallen off the horse when it comes to prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we'd, we've placed such a high value on ex corde, you know, praying, and there's nothing wrong with that. But the notion that it, it just has to be spontaneous mm-hmm. and things like that, it's, you know, it's there's a lot of ways we can kind of, we'll sure. take a winding road to get there as we, we set this up. But uh, we're going to learn a lot about prayer uh, from this. And, and one of the things I'd like to do, down the line with the podcast, um, 
I think my favorite thing other than the large catechism that Luther ever wrote is this little booklet he wrote for his barber. Say, yeah, I was going to uh, mention Barber that. Peter. Yeah. I can't remember his last name, but it's called... Or wasn't it the baker? No, it's the barber. The barber, okay. This is Barber Peter, and it's called The Simple Way to Pray. Mm-hmm. And new members at our congregation get a copy of that as they join. Uh, it's the best thing on prayer. Mm-hmm. And, and Luther, it, it's great. I would love to find a public domain copy of that and just read it. Mm-hmm. It's, you can read through it probably in the length of a podcast episode. And I, I think that would be something valuable sure. for us to do. You mean uh, Ole Hallisby on prayer is not your favorite book on prayer? You know, it's part of my heritage, but man alive, you put me in a lose-lose situation with that. Yeah, it's... It's. I'm sorry. <laughs> we, we aren't your friends suck, anymore, are we? Suck the life wow. right out of my uh, train of thought with We're going to lose a few listeners here. Oh, you know, that, that oh, goes no. AFLC heritage sure, and the history of sure. Norwegian-American pietism. I know <laughs> yeah. uh, my personal heritage, my grandpa was a huge fan of that book. Sure. My grandpa was a pastor and a missionary. I don't like everything mm-hmm. in it that said, but you know, I've gone through it. Yeah. There's positives to right. and negatives, just like just any book, everything. really. Yeah. yeah. You 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 chew the meat, spit out the bones, is that the phrase? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, I think really we would do well in the Lutheran church and in the American church in general to get back to a study on the Lord's Prayer mm-hmm. to kind of get what is prayer, how are we praying, what mm-hmm. should we be praying for? Things like that. So, you know, that's where I stand on it. And it's mm-hmm. the it's a worthy discussion that we're going to be having over the next seven rotations. And we're going to get at least 28 episodes mm-hmm. out of the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> yes. Anymore. Hey, we got 60 or 50 out of the commandments. Mm-hmm. I guess <laughs> so, we did, didn't yeah, we? Yeah. Right. This is, it happens really fast. It does. Yeah. It's a snail's pace, but it's a good snail's mm-hmm. pace. And, you know, we, we do, with that, we tease. It's a very valuable thing, I think, for all of us have realized that doing this in digestible chunks, mm-hmm. you know, 20, 22 minutes yeah. at a pop, is is really where the niche brought us to. And, and one of the most positive things, positive feedback I receive on the podcast mm-hmm. is that, you know, it's you can listen to an episode in one chunk. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a commute for most right. people yeah. or whatever. And it's easy to get caught up if you have to miss a right. few weeks. And it's easy to interact with. Yeah. And it's so, the, some podcasts I listen to, it's an hour and a half long. Yeah. and It's yeah, it's really it's hard long. to pull off and, and you're in and out so many times, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, it's good. And it'll be an extended period of time. We've got, you know, we only had three articles of the Creed to go through, which is it's amazing because it's the whole gospel. You want to spend more time, but yep. it's it's a simply presented gospel, seven articles on prayer. Right. And then we got to figure out a format because it's it's pretty abstract after that with sure. the content of the sacraments and stuff. But I always struggle teaching confirmation with the Apostles' Creed because it's just the three sections. Yeah. And it's hard to divvy it up week by week. Whereas the Lord's Prayer or Ten Commandments, that's nicely mm. divided up um, in terms of setting out my, my plan for teaching. Well, we could always go through Chemnitz's Lord's Supper book. You know, it only oh, take yeah. us about 10 years or yeah. so. I just read that for class. <laughs> really? Book, in January, though. yeah. I wrote a report on it. It's a good book. It's a very good book. Chemnitz is easily one of my favorite mm-hmm. authors. I just yeah. love you, his if you Speaking about chewing on the meat, man. Yeah, oh, that's, a meat. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of meat. That's a lot of meat. It's all meat. Ain't no bones <laughs> that's there. That's a lot of tough, tough meat. You got to really chew and get some A1 sauce on it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, my we are taking a long time to get where we need to be today. Let me tell you that. On a 20-minute podcast. Oh. <laughs> oh, Lord, help us. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. Talking about prayer. Curiales. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, you, you mentioned, and maybe you'll be getting into this a little more, but um, some ideas of what prayer are. Yeah. People have maybe some misconceptions about 
what it is or what happens in prayer. Uh, what is prayer? What is biblical prayer? Yeah, biblical, that's right. well, biblical prayer, it's interesting. I mean, I would guess if we would survey even our own congregations or do a survey of American Christianity, that the most common definition of prayer I think we would get is a conversation mm-hmm. with God. Uh, it, it's most frequently, and, and there's something to be said to mm-hmm. that. I mean, the, positively, we can take a picture of prayer with that to like Hebrews 4.16, to approach the throne of grace with confidence that so we may mm-hmm. receive receive mercy and find grace in time of need. You know, we are directed whatever we need to call upon Jesus. Jesus, I think, if if I'm right about this, spoke more about prayer than any other doctrine in the church during his teaching. Well, just even his own dependency as the emptied Savior of the world, how much time he spent alone or, or leaving or, or finding time to go away to pray with his Heavenly Father. And the thing I was always struck by that is like, if Jesus needed as the emptied Savior of the world, then so do I. Yeah, and, so prayer is important. Yeah. And, and, and with those ideas, that there's nothing wrong with any of those. But with those ideas, I think especially the American church has really latched on to this mystical mm-hmm. concept so, of prayer. So your critique of the idea of prayer as conversation is the idea that God talks back to us mm-hmm. mystically? Is that is that yeah, where the, the beef is with that? You, yeah, we're, we're kind of um, ecstatically trying to drum up God's presence. I mean, mm-hmm. we have to be careful of that. I mean, certainly God wants us to, to pray. He wants us to be in his presence. He wants us to meditate on who he is and what he said. And, and he is with us every day. We, we don't doubt any of that. But when God speaks back to us, mm-hmm. he doesn't speak it directly into our soul. He speaks his word. And, and so Luther here in the introduction to the Lord's Prayer defines prayer as to call upon God in every need. Mm -hmm. And what we're going to see as we get into the material of the first petition, Hallowed Be Thy Name, uh, he really spends a lot of time talking about how the first petition is the the feet of the second commandment. Mm -hmm. And the relationship between the second commandment and the first petition is, is... intimate. Mm-hmm. And so we talked about the second commandment. That's good to, to tie them together. Oh. Yeah. And it's, it's, you go through it and, you know, I love every part of the mm-hmm. catechism. I think what I love most, Luther drawing out how all of the parts of the catechism interact mm-hmm. with each other and are connected. That's not, you know, we've, we've mentioned this several times. It's the 10 commandments aren't the law in a vacuum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in the Apostle Creed isn't the gospel in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, it's a very important connection that we make that prayer is what God is directing us to with the second commandment, that the second commandment, we shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember, every commandment prohibits mm-hmm. sinful activity, but promotes holy activity. Mm-hmm. So it's prohibiting blasphemy, yep. but it's promoting prayer. Right. It's reaching out, calling out to God yeah. in in his name. And so Luther's definition to call upon God in every need is what prayer is. Uh, and, and so the the Lord's Prayer is teaching us how to pray. It's also teaching us what to pray for. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a thing. And I, for one, growing up, really felt guilty. My prayers as a kid and into adulthood often looked like a laundry list. But what we find is that God wants us to call on him for those things that we're worried about, for those mm-hmm. things that we're anxious about, for those things that are on their yeah. minds. And and the other big idea with the Lord's Prayer is that prayer is a gift to the church and to the Christian. Mm. Is 
you know, again, a, a major thing I want to... Sounds like vocation fits yeah, in there somewhere. Yeah, it probably vocation. does. It's, it's, you know, it's taking care of our worries sure. and our vocations. Being, I, I think that's appropriate. Considering the needs of others. Yeah. I, I think a lot of the American church treats prayer as us trying to change God's mind about something. Hmm. And, and I don't think it's an explicit teaching. Right. I think it's implicit in the way we teach prayer. Right. Right. But it almost seems as like we are trying to convince a capricious God to fall on our side of the equation. Sure. But the gospel ensures that God is already on our side. That's Everything good. God is doing is for us. Thanks for saying that. I, I know for me, when I hear people say something along the lines of, well, that prayer didn't work that time. Uh, and maybe this is, maybe I should be more vocal about saying, you know, do you really believe what you just said? Mm-hmm. But inside I'm bristling and, and frustrated with that statement. But because I want them to realize what you just said, that, God is for them. God is, he, even though he might have answered a no in that specific request. It's, you know, when we pray, the, the product I think that God most wants us to take out of prayer isn't getting specifically the thing we're asking for. Now, mm-hmm. again, we're, we're instructed several places in scripture to ask in a way that is consistent with who God is. You know, it's mm-hmm. the, the answer to my prayer request for a Ferrari <laughs> is probably going to be a no. Uh, but I mean, maybe a Hot Wheel version. But <laughs> do yeah. Well, and I could go out and get that. I would have the freedom exactly. to buy a Hot, <laughs> Hot Wheels model of a Ferrari. But you know, when we pray for healing, you know, God is against disease. It is God's will, and I don't want to because I'm going to come after the prosperity gospel here in a few moments. Oh, watch it is, out! Yeah, it uh, is God's will to heal disease. It is always God's will to heal disease. But how is he going to heal that disease? Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes, we need, in, in this is our complex of avoiding death instead of talking about death. Death is that healing. Mm-hmm. You know, they're being ushered into the eternal kingdom, free from sin, free from pain, free from suffering. Yeah. And it's painful for us because we want to be with that person still. But if the request is for God, heal them from this disease, there is no more complete healing than being ushered into eternity. Well, yeah, that brings right. up Isaiah 53, by his stripes we are healed. It just yeah. always isn't on this side of eternity. Mm-hmm. But well, we, those who are in Christ Jesus will be mm-hmm. totally and entirely healed. And, yeah. and, and this is the one place where I will allow us to dip our toe in the water of theology of the cross, theology of glory. You guys okay. know I hate yeah, that right. and the distinction, but it's... You know, are we avoiding suffering or are we realizing the proper place of suffering in our lives? The healing we get, first of all, is the spiritual healing. That's what the gospel does. The salve of the blood of Christ cleanses us from all sins. There's the healing we're constantly praying for. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of that and flowing from that, you know, all disease, all sickness, all you know, injury uh, is a byproduct of sin in the world. That's it wasn't Garden of Eden material. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we pray against that. And, and Jesus revealed in his life, and again, I don't think we often talk about this, that that's part of the kingdom of God. Jesus worked to heal disease. Yep. Jesus worked mm-hmm. to provide oftentimes miraculously where there was need. That's the, the you know, the bread and the fish, the feeding of the 4,000, feeding of 5,000, all of these things. But 
we remember, first of all, and primarily in times of suffering, God is directing us to repentance. Just like in times of prosperity, God is directing us to repentance. Mm -hmm. He's primarily concerned about the eternality of our souls. Uh, He's primarily concerned about salvation Mm -hmm. and redemption. And after that, we pray. And what God wants us to receive from prayer, besides the answers for the prayers, is comfort. That's what prayer does. That's why we pray. Mm-hmm. You know, we pray, uh, you know, we've been praying, you guys know, and in the AFLC, we've been praying for a little girl of a friend of ours mm-hmm. who just suddenly and tragically developed a cancerous tumor in yeah. her abdomen. And it's been a pretty hairy situation for a couple of months now. And uh, she, the, the surgery was miraculous and things were looking great. And now she's got to start 25 weeks of pretty intensive chemo, mm-hmm. make sure that that cancer didn't spread to her body. And she's not even one year old yet. Yeah. You know, and we pray for that. But in those prayers, when our hearts are broken for the parents uh, and for the baby and for the family, we receive comfort that God yet is still in charge, mm-hmm. that, that God is sovereign and in the proper place for God's sovereignty in the church is to take our cares and our worries and our anxieties to. And that's the value of prayer mm-hmm. is that we are to draw comfort that God knows what we need even before we ask for it. And God can mm-hmm. provide even more than we can ask for or imagine, yeah. but he still calls us to come. It's a beautiful picture. It's a gospel picture. Mm-hmm. So how do you deal with people that came up and said, I've been praying for this healing, I've been praying for this healing, but obviously it wasn't God's will to heal this person. How would you then answer someone oh, that has that that statement or that thought? That's a, that's such a tough pastoral situation yeah, to be in. Right. And obviously there's a lot more context involved that you're drawing from and pulling yeah, from. Exactly. Uh, but I mean, maybe there's a spot to say it wasn't as well to heal you right now or in the way you're specifically asking for that this is a cross that God has called you to bear so that you might be more attuned in your life to his presence. Remember, Mm, one of the other keys is in suffering, we're looking for God's presence, not his purpose. Mm -hmm. That God is always with us. Um, I I remember hearing another pastor talk about a friend of his who was a pastor who had lost a child or two. And this pastor, his mentor, said uh, said to him as he was mourning, God must love you dearly to entrust you with so much suffering. Just a strange pastoral moment. I'd never thought of looking at it like that. But, you know, God's suffering or or suffering in our lives isn't God's punishment Mm. all the time. Amen to that. It's It's a call for us to look to his face, to, to look kind to of, him. Kind to of pushes us towards him. Yes, yeah. exactly. And that's what prayer does. And, you know, so Luther teaches us, why do we, we pray? We pray because we sin. You know, we confess our sins. That's yeah. why we pray. We pray because we have enemies that were under attack. Sin, the world, and our sinful flesh, mm-hmm. are, all, sinful flesh are always trying to entice us to sin. Uh, we pray for what God is already doing. What we're going to, you know, one of the common themes in, in the Lord's prayer is what we're praying for is God has already told us he was going to do us, do it mm-hmm. uh, for us. He's, you know, that God gives and preserves us, gives and preserves faith, provides for us. You know, the explanation of the first four petitions, you know, hallowed be thy name. God's name is holy by itself. We pray it would be holy among us. Uh, thy kingdom come. God's mm-hmm. kingdom comes without our help, but mm-hmm. we pray it would come among us. Mm-hmm. Thy will be done. God's will is done apart from us, but we pray that we would be doing God's will. 
give us this day our daily bread. God indeed daily provides for the needs of both the wicked and the righteous mm-hmm. alike, but we pray that he would provide for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's that comfort factor is we are praying for what God has already promised to do. We're not trying to convince him. He, he's not a vindictive, capricious God. And one of the worst teachings of the prosperity gospel is that God is holding back all of this blessing from us. And we have to, with our faith, activate it to receive these blessings. Well, I hear that it. over and over and over again. That's not the case at all. That's a, that's a capricious God. That's a, mm-hmm. that's a mean God. Yeah. That's not a God I want to worship, but God is... Uh, even beyond my recognition, pouring out so much blessing on my life that I don't have room enough for it to co-opt and use out of context mm-hmm. Malachi 3.10. <laughs> I think the other thing that we really need to keep in mind when we pray is having an, an eternal perspective. Um, so many things in Scripture remind us of our state that we're in, but I think one one clear historical instance that's also kind of a uh, a good analogy of our own life is the wilderness wandering of the children of Israel. That's where we are. We're on our way to the promised land and the freedom of Christ as as new creations in Christ Jesus. But, you know, we're going to grumble and complain along the way. There's going to be hardships. There's going to be difficulties. We're promised those things. First Peter is a great book that reveals to us that we will suffer in this life, but that suffering will one day come to an end. And that suffering is temporary, but the inheritance that's on the other side of this life in the eternal kingdom of God is worth the wait. And it far exceeds anything we could ever hope or dream. And if we keep that eternal perspective, it's that wonderful song, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of this world will grow strangely dim. But that's the reality. If we keep our eyes focused on the eternal kingdom of God and what lies ahead of us, not behind or or what's not happening right now for us, like we sometimes do as entitled little narcissistic people, Mm -hmm. as we look toward the future kingdom hope, man, I'm telling you, this slight momentary affliction Mm -hmm was preparing us for the eternal weight of glory, which yeah. is beyond all of our comprehension. Yep. Amen. And it's, Amen. it's the picture of prayer too. Just imagine if the God of the universe told you to come into his presence <laughs> and say, ask me what you need and I'll take care of you. And then it's, I, I think there's a, a pretty clear picture. It's on the negative side of things, a pretty clear picture in Isaiah 7 of what this attitude of prayer is in the American church. Isaiah 7, got that beautiful prophecy, the virgin shall be with child, uh, that prophecy from Isaiah 7, 14. The, the environment of that is that King Ahaz, uh, to, to demonstrate that God was going to be faithful to him, Isaiah came to King Ahaz and said, ask for a sign, God will exactly. do it to show you he's on his sign. And Ahaz, yep. Ahaz says, no, nah, I'm not going to bother God. <laughs> and, and no, The God of the universe has asked us to pray. And so the introduction, I'm going to quote this verbatim from Luther, but what it means that our Father in heaven has asked us to pray. Uh, What does this mean? Luther writes, by these words, God would tenderly encourage us to believe that he is our true Father and that we are his true children so that we may ask him confidently with all assurance his dear children ask their dear Father. There's prayer. Amen. Amen. I think that's a good place to end here today, unless Brian, you have a verse. I always have. Oh, you do. Yes. (laughs) Philippians chapter four just seems absolutely appropriate, doesn't it? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, 
let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on iTunes. Please join us next week as Pastor Jason, Pastor Brett, and myself continue our discussion on the first petition of the Lord's Prayer. God bless you and have a great week.